My friends, I am a very early riser. One of the, my favorite things to do is to watch a beautiful sunrise. It's a very prayerful experience for me. I know many uh, share that with me. You know, I'm very blessed. My parents uh, have a house in the Outer Banks. And I love getting up very early and walking to the beach while it is still dark outside. Uh, even in the winter, I like doing this. You know, something fascinating happens an hour or so before sunrise. The sky starts out very black, of course, and, you know, it's, uh, there's a sort of spiritual silence uh, to the scene. Oftentimes, I think even the waves sort of cooperate. The ocean kind of calms itself before uh, the sun comes up, perhaps. You know, then it, it fairly quickly uh, gets light out. Usually a bright, I like to call it a Marian sort of blue, and then the birds begin to sing their morning praise. Then as the sun gets nearer, but still before we can actually see the sun, before the sky bursts forth and washes over us with this bright orange and yellow colors, before the sun peeks over the horizon, before all of this, the sun explodes with a symphony of rose colors. You know, the same rose color of this vestment I'm wearing here today. You know, my friends, I don't want to make anyone anxious here. I do not want to cause anyone to have a panic attack, but there are only eight days left until Christmas. For today, we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday. Of course, in Latin, that means rejoice. And we move from the purple colors to rose, a lightning, if you will, of our penance and sacrifices. The rose-colored candle, the rose-colored vestments are symbols of our subdued joy. They're in contrast, of course, to the symbols of penance and waiting of the purple candles and vestments throughout the other Sundays of Advent. The color rose denotes the reality that the sunrise is getting nearer. The Son of Man is on the verge, really, of storming the beaches of our lives. He desires to wash over us with his abundant grace. And so we pause here. We pause during all the busyness of this time, and we rejoice. But as Dr. Tim Gray says, Jesus hasn't come yet. So we don't yet have the joy of Christmas. We have, though, the joy of an expectant mother. In fact, we see that, don't we, in today's responsorial psalm, not from the, the psalms at all. It comes from Luke chapter 1. We get Mary's Magnificat. Mary has conceived the Messiah. God himself is now literally in her womb. And she knows the advent of the long-awaited Messiah's coming is near. And so she has the joy of an expectant mother. Today, the church imitates the Blessed Virgin Mary, knowing that God's return is close at hand. And so we pause to remember. We pause to celebrate the source of our joy, Jesus Christ, that he came, he dwells, among us, that Jesus, God himself, broke into our human condition, and he saved us, 
and that he will come again. And so this gives us cause to rejoice. You know, Isaiah tells us that as the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. And so, my friends, we rejoice. We pause with humble confidence that even though we do not always see what is happening under the surface, it remains hidden to us. God's grace is working in the world. God's grace is working in all of our lives. He is the divine gardener, and so we rejoice. As St. Paul tells us, we rejoice always that we are to pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances, we give thanks. Thanks, because we have come to know and to believe that the one who calls us is faithful, and he will accomplish it. And I know there are many people present here in this church right now, today, that do find it difficult to have joy during the Advent and Christmas seasons. Some have difficulty rejoicing, difficulty rejoicing in humble confidence that God is faithful, that he will accomplish things in us such that we will have peace and joy. I can sometimes count myself among this group, and not just because I'm a melancholic, but because my first two Gaudete Sundays as a cleric were anything but joyful for me. You know, as a deacon, my first Gaudete Sunday at Blessed Sacrament, my dad was dying of cancer, consumed his entire body. He would be dead within only a couple of weeks. My first Gaudete Sunday as a priest, Newtown, Connecticut shooting happened. My college roommate and his wonderful wife, dear friends of mine, their three sons are from Newtown. They were in the Catholic school system, but they were terrified, as you can imagine, of that terrible shooting on that day as we were all finding it difficult to rejoice. My friends, I know that I am not alone. I know many do struggle to find joy on this day and throughout this season. Many are lonely for a thousand reasons. Many are uh, struggling perhaps with the death of a loved one in the past year, maybe 20 years ago, but it still is real, especially this run up to Christmas. Others are struggling financially. This is difficult times for many of us financially, or many are struggling with relationships and broken families and on and on or frustrated with discovering or living out the vocation, how God has called you to bring the kingdom uh, in our midst. Still others are struggling with depression. And at this time, it is particularly difficult. Many struggle to see God's presence among difficulties crushing them each day, addiction, infertility, miscarriages, mental or physical illness and pain. Many question whether God loves them or is even present because the world is such a mess, such a hot mess. And all of us struggle with sin, of course, and the devil is very busy in this preparatory period when our minds are so distracted by many important things. Rose, then, is the perfect color for this celebration. 
But we know, of course, that roses are beautiful. They bring us joy, especially to my mother. But they also have thorns. Roses have thorns. And so rose is the perfect color to remind us that life is precious. Of course it is. But it can be difficult at times. It can be a struggle. But in and through our Lord's abundant grace, we can have joy. And so we rejoice. We are called, my friends, to rejoice. And not because we don't suffer, but because we are nearing the annual celebration of that moment in human history when God himself took on our flesh and entered into our suffering. That moment which our Heavenly Father sent his only begotten Son to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners. So today we rejoice because of that day of vindication by our God. That day, that first Christmas, when God became flesh so he could vindicate us, so he could take the blame for our sins. And so our suffering then has a redemptive purpose. We rejoice heartily in the Lord because we have discovered that person who died for us that divine person, Jesus Christ, who desires to enter into our pain. Maybe it is to both those of us who suffer during these difficult times that the church especially speaks through the words of Isaiah, who reminds us that God is the joy of our hearts, that he desires to clothe us with a robe of salvation. We call that sanctifying grace. And so again, our souls rejoice in God our Savior with the psalmist because we are reminded that just like, well not just like Mary, but similar to Mary, the Almighty has done great things for us. That he has mercy on those who fear him. He desires to place his heart right in the center of our misery to those who are in awe and wonder of him. And he promised this mercy to be overflowing in us in abundance. And so with St. Paul, he gives us thanks in all circumstances. And we recognize that while mysterious, this time is God's will. And that the God of peace has a plan. It's a good plan. He desires to make us saints. He desires to make all of us holy. My friends, the world is a hot mess. And until we get a grip on how truly messed up this world is, this gospel is really just a nice story, isn't it? But God wouldn't have had needed to enter into his creation. He wouldn't have had to take on our flesh if it weren't seriously broken. His love, his presence, though, overcomes our pain. And even if the current pain remains, his love gives us hope so through his abundant grace, we are able to rejoice. And as we rejoice, we discover the answer to the question posed to John the Baptist in today's gospel. That same question is posed to each of us today. Who are you? My friends, uh, who is God and who are we? Such important questions. Who are you? Well, you, my friends, are beloved sons or daughters of the Heavenly Father. You are someone worth coming down to heaven 
from heaven to take on flesh to pursue. That God literally did that causes us to rejoice. You are someone worth enduring a painful passion and death for in order to redeem you. That Jesus did do that causes us to rejoice. You are someone worth transubstantiating bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ here, right here, right here, in rested on this altar so that we can consume him and be transformed more perfectly into his image. That God will do that here in this and every mass causes us to rejoice. You are so precious in God's eyes that he desires to use you to send you, to send all of us to spread this good news to another, to be that voice of love and mercy in another person's desert. This, my friends, should cause all of us to rejoice so that others in our circle of influence can also rejoice. And so, my friends, on this Gaudete Sunday, we rejoice. We rejoice by being instruments of this joyful grace in the lives of family members, friends, coworkers, and classmates, yes, even total strangers. We rejoice by being the voice, not the word. We're not the word, simply the mouthpiece. He wants us to be the voice. We rejoice by preparing the way of the Lord to come more deeply into our own hearts and minds, of course, and then please God in the hearts and minds of others so that they too, that we all can rejoice. Many will struggle to find joy and peace during this season. Let us promise to not be part of that group, no matter the difficulties uh, we are struggling with, because we know that he is with us in these struggles. And may God be praised. Amen.